welcome to Hairstylist Rising podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am your host, Jody Brown, and I am joined today by Teddy Bickers, who is a salon suite owner, amazing hairstylist, and expert in salon suite ownership. So thank you so much for joining me today, Teddy. Thank you for having me, Jody. I'm excited to be recording this podcast with you. I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. I always like to start the podcast by hearing a little bit about the beginning of your journey in the hair industry. Like, how did you decide you wanted to become a hairstylist? What did the beginning of your career look like? So, growing up and, you know, in high school and things like that, I was never really a very academic person. I was very creative. I loved art. I was always like creating things, art, doing little art projects at home and stuff. And so I just kind of knew very early on that probably the traditional college path was not going to be the route that I wanted to go in my life. And luckily, I had a parent that recognized that and encouraged me to seek out a different career path. And I always had a little bit of like an entrepreneurial streak in me too. So I had a friend of mine that was going to cosmetology school. And I think I visited her there one day. And I was like, this is really cool. I loved just the hands-on aspect of it. I loved anything to do with the beauty industry. So I kind of took a gamble and I signed up for cosmetology school right after I graduated from high school. And this was like 2006 and I ended up loving it. I was, you know, it was one of those things I got into it and was like, okay, if I don't love it, it's just a year of my life. I can kind of pivot and figure out another path. And that was like 14, 15 years ago. So, and this was, you know, I started out in the industry and this is pre-social media. I think Facebook was just coming out at the time. So I started out in a really interesting Time. I think you had also mentioned this too. That was sort of yeah. like that that time period right before social media really became such a big thing in our industry. So I definitely had that traditional start to my career of being an assistant in a commission salon for you know six plus months and then sort of building a clientele the very, very old school way. It's been a fun journey and it's been especially fun to see how much our industry has changed just even in the last like handful of years. Oh, I couldn't agree more. We actually have a really similar beginning path, actually. My mom was a hairstylist, so that's how I got into it. But yeah, same thing. I think that I was finished hair school by the time I turned 18. (laughs) So you wanted to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely, I definitely can see parallels in our, in our paths in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you started off assisting, building a clientele. I completely agree that our industry has changed a ton in the past. Like, I mean, I came back from maternity leave. My son is going to be seven in the summer. And so Mm -hmm. when I came back from maternity leave with him, I feel like that's when kind of the second, the second act of my career started, because that's when social media, Instagram, all the things became available. And 
it really gave hairstylists a new lease on their careers, I feel. Like, I don't know that we'd ever had so much control over the type of clients that we attracted, like our own personal brands. Talk a little bit about that. Like, did you jump on social media the second it kind of came out or what was your journey with that? I kind of had a slow start into that. I remember when I joined Instagram, I was renting a chair in a salon. And I mean, at the time, it was kind of just people would post maybe just some fun personal, you know, life stuff. And then maybe I would every once in a while be like, oh, I did this really cool haircut in the salon. You know, I definitely was not at all using it as a marketing tool. And then in early 2016, I actually opened up my salon suite. And probably for the first six months or so, I was just sort of getting my bearings with being a new business owner. And around that time, I was starting to realize what a powerful tool that something like Instagram could be. I think I also realized too, that's like now I I work for myself. I'm in charge of what my business, the success of it is. And I realized I have to be on something like this and actively market myself and my business to grow my business. So it definitely is so, so night and day different from when I first started out in this industry and when I first started out using something like Instagram. Yeah, I think at the beginning, we were all just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick. (laughs) I remember when I started my first Instagram page for, I had like a personal one, but I started my first for the salon when I went back from mat leave and I almost did the opposite. I was scared to post anything personal. So it was just hair photos, hair photos, hair photos. And it worked to get clients because that's all anyone was doing at that time. So I was getting clients from it, but I quickly realized that not everyone that was coming in was like my dream client. And that is when I kind of had a light bulb moment and was like, oh, maybe I need to be a little bit more me on here. And then the people that are suited to me will kind of come in and the rest will weed themselves out. So there is a lot of trial and error at the beginning, I feel, for when stylists were learning how to use Instagram and social media. Oh, definitely. I mean, a story that I've told many times over is that for the majority of my career, I pretty much did anything that sat in my chair. And a huge, huge part of my business was doing men's cuts. And I mean, like we're talking at least 50%, if not more of my clientele was men's cuts. Mm -hmm. And, and that was just because I guess I had never been in a salon where anybody had coached me to the fact that I could have this like very descriptive ideal dream client. And that was all I could work on if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And when I realized, I think when I started to see other stylists and connecting with other people through Instagram kind of early on when I started my business, I was like, wait, I don't have to do every single service under the sun, you know? (laughs) And so I ended up actually phasing out offering those types of like clipper cut barber style haircuts in my business and just strictly focused on a couple of things that I absolutely loved doing behind the chair. And in doing that, I really had to get my marketing 
on on point and really utilize something like Instagram to get those dream clients in my chair because then all of a sudden I had you know a huge gap in my clientele that I needed to fill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it just wasn't it wasn't something that was really done. You know what I mean? Like there were salons that were segmented, I think like, so there would be like the colorist side and then like the haircut side and you would have, but I, I don't remember at the beginning of my career, any salon ever offering me the option to choose which services I wanted to provide. Like that, that just wasn't something that I even knew was possible until, like you said, like kind of when we started meeting other stylists on social media. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I live in Indianapolis. It's, you know, it's a city, but it's also small too. And, you know, in the beginning of my career, it was like, yeah, you just did everything. The the people that the salons that I knew of that were departmentalized like that, or situations where someone strictly only did haircuts. I mean, I heard about that in like New York City, you know, that yeah. just wasn't that to me, even my in my wheelhouse of something that I realized I could do or would be capable of doing one day. Yeah, no, you're so right. It was definitely one of those things when you heard about like, yeah, New York City, London, LA salons, all those types of things. So I think that's a really good point. So, okay, something I think is really interesting is that you didn't really have the traditional commission stylist to chair renter to suite owner path. It looked a little bit different for you. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey from commission stylist to chair renter to salon suite owner. Yeah, definitely. It it had its ups and downs for sure. <laughs> I worked at a couple different commission salons in the first handful of years in my career, and that was a great experience. You know, I think that a lot of people get to a certain point when you are in that commission environment and you're busy, you're booked out, you've got a pretty Um, built up clientele that for a lot of people, it makes sense to go on to the next level of being independent. And I had been working in a commission salon at the time that was kind of abruptly going through an ownership change. And I was at that point in my career that I felt like it made sense for me to move on and to become independent. And so I really went about it in a I I don't want to say, you know, I went about it irrationally or something, but I definitely dove into it with no idea what goes into owning a business. I think Mm -hmm. that I looked at it as, oh, I'm just going to go somewhere and I'll rent a chair and then, you know, that's it. And I... I got into that and I was renting a chair somewhere and I just remember, I I remember memories looking back on that time that I was so overwhelmed and just felt like I was constantly treading water and I just did not realize how much really goes into owning a business, even if it's just you on your own, you know, not even with employees, there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And I did that for probably about 18 months. And it just so happened that the place that I was renting a chair at, the people that owned the salon, they kind of randomly had to move and they weren't going to be able to own the salon anymore. So they were shutting it down. And I was at this point that I just felt way in over my head. I mean, I'm sure I was working way too many hours already and then just was floundering trying to get by with doing this whole thing on my own. 
So I actually went back to being a commission stylist. I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I don't think that being a business owner is really the right fit for me. I'm tired of dealing with all the things that go on behind the scenes. And so I actually went to go work at a commission salon. And you know what? That first like month was, I felt like, the most relieved I had felt in a long time. I was like, someone else is booking my appointments for me. I don't have to go to the supply store. I don't have to worry about taxes. It was like, great, we're this is easy. And then of course, you know, months go on and then I started to miss some of the freedom that I had when I was working on my own. And I started to miss like, well, it was kind of nice to format my schedule the way that I particularly wanted it. And there were just some things that I realized in reflecting upon when I was renting a chair somewhere that I was like, I definitely didn't have the systems in place that I should have set up. And there were a lot of things I realized, and I don't want to say that I necessarily did wrong. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but just of some course. things I realized that I had made my life unnecessarily stressful and it didn't need to be that way. And so I actually stayed at that salon for about two years and I really challenged myself to, if I were going to go out on my own again, if I was going to open a business here's all the things that were stressful and were that didn't go well that last time. Here's how I would go about that and do it differently. And I really challenged myself to find a space. If I were going to you know, do this again, I want this to be a place that I know I'm going to be at for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed at that salon for about two years and the owners were great. They were very understanding when I said, I need somewhere to come and work, but I'm probably not going to be here forever. And they were totally understanding and very supportive of that. So I really worked on a business plan for that two-year time. I really worked on a lot of the entrepreneurial and business skills that I needed. And then the timing kind of just worked out that I found a space that was the perfect fit for me. And that's when I opened my studio suite in early 2016. And that was five years ago, which is crazy to believe. I can't believe that was five years ago. That is amazing. And I, I love how you said that, like, it was one of those things where you just were ill-prepared. And I think that that is the story for so many people because I don't know about you, but like I've been a hairstylist for over 15 years. My mom was a salon owner. And up until five years ago, I didn't even know that there was such thing as marketing a business education just for hairstylists. Right, right. Absolutely. And I, you know, to be totally honest, I don't think a lot of that stuff existed back when I was renting a chair. I mean, I I definitely followed a few stylists on Instagram, but I don't recall there ever being anything that I knew about at the time that was business marketing education for hairstylists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's one of those things that We focus so much, like as hairstylists, we're education junkies, right? Like when the whole balayage thing became so like polarizing in our industry, 
every stylist that I know that was interested in learning that would invest thousands into their education and making sure that they had the technical skill to be the absolute best. So it's not like as an industry, we're scared of continuing education, but for whatever reason, I think it's relatively new, the concept of investing in you know, your marketing and the business side of it. And it's not something that they cover in hair school. Like they're not training us to be entrepreneurs. They're training us to just be licensed hairstylers, stylists to pass that test. So I think that it's so important for stylists when they're thinking about stepping out to think about the education for business in the same way they would for technique. Absolutely. Yeah. I I have a friend that is a salon owner and she said that a lot of the younger people that she's hiring that are fresh out of cosmetology school, they are so talented now, so talented Mm -hmm. because there's so many amazing free education resources on YouTube, on Instagram, as far as the actual technical skills. She said that she spends a lot more time educating them on um, more of those behind the chair skills, you know, as far as like, because you, even if you work in a commission salon, you are sort of your own little business in many ways yeah. and you do have to actively market yourself and, you know, grow your clientele. Like you're responsible for that in many ways. So I find it really interesting. And I hope that as time goes on, we're seeing more and more people that are teaching how they go about running their businesses and how they market their business. I think it's so absolutely needed. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, like you said, the younger, like fresh out of hair school hairstylists, the access to education and the access to even free education is at an all-time high. Like you can learn how to do a stunning balayage. Like you can get all that technical skill so, so easily. Whereas it used to be a lot more limited by like your salon that you worked at, where you lived, all of the things. And I feel like the rise of social media and online education has been almost like the great equalizer, which is amazing, but it also makes learning how to market yourself even more important because there's so many talented hairstylists now. Yes, absolutely. I I completely agree with you. So what has been, I love this question, what has been your biggest accomplishment in your career? Like the thing that you're the most proud of? You know, I think, you know, this is funny to me on one hand, because it's, on, I think in, on one hand, not that big of a deal, but it does mean a lot to me and it feels very like nostalgic. I remember when I was in cosmetology school and we have a magazine here called Indianapolis Monthly. And I remember being at like Barnes and Noble or something <laughs> and they, I saw the magazine and the issue, the main article was about like the best salons and the best hairstylists in Indianapolis. And I remember looking at that and being like, that's my dream. One day I want to be acknowledged as being one of the best hairstylists in our city. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in the beginning of 2018, I was actually in the Indianapolis Monthly in that article. And it was like one of the best hairstylists in our city. And ah. It was just really, really cool to have that full circle moment of getting that recognition. And I mean, it took obviously many, many years of hard work and, you know, building my business to what it is now. And just to have that full circle moment was like 
such an amazing accomplishment, you know? Yeah, that is amazing. And that is the importance of goal setting right there. Like having something to, you know, work towards and something to keep you motivated and moving forward, I think is so important. So I love that. I think that's such a huge, huge thing to be proud of. Thank you. Yeah. You know, goal setting, I'm such a huge fan of goal setting. That's a big part of what I do behind the scenes in my business. And then, you know, to a certain degree, like manifesting too and saying like, I will achieve that one day. And then I'm going to hold myself to the standard every single day that I walk into the salon. That this is how the best stylist in our city would go about what they do. Yes, it's that whole concept of be, do, have that I absolutely love. So when you have that goal, you want to try, the first step is try to become the person who would achieve all the things that you want to achieve. And then you'll find it so much easier to get there. I always butcher this quote every time, so I'm not even going to (laughs) try. But basically, that's the concept is like, if you want to achieve a goal, your first focus should be becoming the kind of person that would achieve that goal. So I love that. Yeah, that's so good. I I absolutely love that too. And I really like to the one thing that stuck out at me about your story is how, you know, a lot of people, I think would think of, you know, if it didn't work out so well, going independent the first time would be like, Oh, well, maybe it's not for me and just like, kind of call it you know, kind of accept defeat in that way. But I love the fact that you just recognized, okay, I'm not, I wasn't prepared. I'm gonna like go back behind the chair in a commission salon and regroup. I think that is such an amazing lesson to take away that like your first shot at something, even if it doesn't work out exactly the way that you want it, that doesn't have to be the end. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, when I look back to that time that I went back to working in a commission salon, that was such a great experience for me. And I met so many incredible people and it, it did open up opportunities for me. And so I almost feel like it sort of happened for a reason, you know, but I think one of the biggest takeaways I can, I can tell you from that is that you have to be really aware of the limiting beliefs that you tell yourself. Cause I remember, I remember saying to my boyfriend after I went back to working, you know, in this commission salon and I was feeling like dejected about the fact that working for myself just didn't really work out. I remember telling him, I just don't think I'm very good at marketing. So I don't think I would be very good at, you know, working for myself or owning a salon because I just don't really understand any of that. And now I'm just like, what? Why did I tell myself that? I mean, in fact, marketing is something that I actually really enjoy. That's one of my favorite parts of running my business to this day. And so I think I just, I had to learn that you have to be really aware of the things that you're telling yourself because then you subconsciously believe it. And I think I had to process a little bit of, you know, and sort of reflect on my ego being a little bruised too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to process through some of those things and work through, well, why did I tell myself that? Why did I tell myself I wouldn't be good at that? Maybe I would be, maybe I need to try again. So I think that's one of my big takeaways is that, you know, even if it didn't work out, it's not a failure because you tried and you can always, you can, in many cases, try again. Absolutely. And I think it's so funny because this is something that I hear 
I've heard so many stylists say is like, you know, I'm not good at marketing. But that's like saying that you're not good at, you know, cutting hair before you ever pick up a pair of shears. Why would you be good at it when you've had absolutely no training or education in the topic? Yet as hairstylists, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to just be good at business or just be good at marketing without taking the time to actually learn it. Oh, definitely. You know, I, I grew up as a competitive gymnast and if I learned anything in that is that you have to try something over and over and over again until you get it right. And it might take you a lot of tries. So, I mean, even with the simplest things in your business, like you just have to start somewhere and you just have to keep trying. And then one day it'll just sort of click and it'll be right. And it'll make sense. Absolutely. So, okay. So Marketing, I also love. What is your favorite way to market to your clients in the salon? What's like your number one tip that you think every hairstylist should be doing? Well, I know you love Instagram marketing. I love Instagram as well. But in my business with my clients, I have really uh, made email marketing a big priority in my business. And I tell you what, it really saved my butt when salons were shut down here in the beginning of the pandemic because I was able to directly email and get right into someone's inbox and explain to them what's going on, what my game plan is, here's what we're going to do. But just beyond that, I love email marketing because you can have this very direct conversation with people. You know, I have... Quite a few of my clients follow me on Instagram, but to be totally honest with you, a lot of my clients kind of skew a little bit in the older age range that are maybe not quite big Instagram users. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that not all of my clients are on Instagram. Being able to directly send an email right into their inbox and be offering valuable content to them, that just enriches our relationship together. For myself personally, that has been a big game changer. Yeah, you know, I actually totally agree that like, I feel like Instagram is kind of like at the top of your, you know, hairstylist marketing funnel. And I think that email marketing is the most effective way to nurture your existing clients, and make sure that you're able to have those direct conversations. So I always advise all of my coaching clients, make sure you're getting emails so that you can contact them directly. Because even with this lockdown, can you imagine having to call every single person, every single client that you have to communicate what's going on or, you know, ways that they can support you, all of those things, it would just be so overwhelming in an already stressful time. Whereas if you have those email addresses, it's so much easier. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I am so glad, you know, email was one thing that I was actually really intimidated by for a long time. And I just put it off for a really long time. I was like, I know, I know I need to like do an email list. And then once I did it and I got such great feedback from my clients, I really saw the power of what it can do for your business. And especially just like how you said, nurturing that relationship in between appointments. It is such a game changer. So yeah, I mean, 100%, I would say, make that a priority in your business. If you're not doing it, get those emails. 
Well, and I totally think they can go hand in hand too. When I was behind the chair, one of the things that my clients used to love is on Instagram, I would do tutorials and being able to kind of email those clients and be like, hey, I created this new tutorial, go check it out. There's so much power in being able to kind of leverage the content that you're already creating to make sure that people see it. Yes. You know, you can totally repurpose content that you're creating for Instagram or you know any other social media platform. You can repurpose that into email. And the amazing thing about email is that people actually only read like maybe up to 30 seconds of an email. I mean, they're just like skimming through for the most vital information they need to know. So you really don't need to make it this super robust over the top wordy email. I mean, you can literally just take an Instagram caption and just like break it up and repurpose it into, into an email. And, you know, I've, one thing I've noticed is that I do have a clientele now that some of them go a really long time in between appointments. I mean, we're talking like six months plus, and I know some people might only see once a year. And so I'm dropping into their email Uh, inbox twice a month with just some kind of tip or, you know, maybe like a a frequently asked question that I get a lot and answering that. Or if I have a new product that happens in the salon, I'm promoting that, letting them know why that would be perfect for them. Just nurturing that relationship with them, I think is going to be a big, big thing in this year, especially as we're kind of hopefully, you know, getting out of the craziness of the pandemic here in the future. I think people have just gone a long time in between appointments and they just want to know that you're still, you care about them and that you still want to take care of them. Oh, for sure. I think being top of mind, especially right now is so, so valuable. I couldn't agree more. So, okay. I love to give kind of action steps here on the podcast. So What would be your number one recommendation for if there's a stylist listening to this who's like, yes, okay, I'm convinced I need to get my email marketing on point. Where do they start? I would say your first step is that you need to start collecting people's emails. So if you do online booking, usually people are using their email um, to log in and out and you have access to that. So that's really nice. If you don't have their email address, whatever platform you decide to go through, you can usually set up sort of like a standalone web page, also known as like an opt-in form. And so basically what that is, is that people can put in their email and their first and last name and they can sign up for your email list. So you can create one of those through whichever platform you decide to go through for email marketing. You can take that standalone web page, that opt-in form link, and you can put that in your bio if you want on Instagram. Or another thing you can do is that if you have um, a client in your chair and you don't have their email address, you can just pull that up on like your iPad or on a phone or something and have them sign up for it real fast. Now, obviously you want to tell them like, hey, I'm not going to be sending you an email every single day or anything. This is just going to be, you know, on a somewhat routine basis, I'll send you like fun tutorials, tips, exciting news going on in the salon, things like that. So you want to be um, upfront with them about why you're going to take their email address and you're going to use it. But that I think is the easiest way to go about that. So if you don't use online booking, for whatever reason, you don't have any any access to anyone's emails, I think creating one of those opt-in forms and just pulling that up on your phone and just 
telling every single client that sits in your chair why you're collecting their email. That's a great first place to start. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. Do you have a favorite platform that you would recommend for email marketing? I have two recommendations. So I started out on MailChimp. That one's pretty popular. It's absolutely free up to 2000 email subscribers. So if you are, you know, a salon suite owner, if you're an independent person, I mean, you're totally going to have that for free because I doubt you're going to have over 2000 subscribers. (laughs) The only caveat I would say with MailChimp, and I used that for a couple years, was that it's not super user friendly or user intuitive. I mean, you can make it work. But for many of us that are, you know, hairstylists, we're like, I need technology stuff to be simple and user friendly. So I ended up switching over to something called Flowdesk. And you do have to pay a monthly fee for that one, but it is extremely user friendly and user intuitive. And they have these really amazing pre-made templates. So really, they visually look really awesome. And so I'm a huge fan of Flowdesk. That's what I use. But if you're just starting out and you don't want to pay anything for it, I would say just start out with MailChimp. And you can always easily switch to a different platform at any time. Yeah, I was gonna say it is it's kind of it sounds scary to switch, but it's really just uploading a CVS file and switching it over. So it doesn't have to be super, super terrifying. I love that. So is there anything else like anything that you would say as far as like the the process into going independent? Yeah, like, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I tell people because I mentor a lot of stylists who are wanting to make that that big leap and to do this you definitely want to know your numbers like inside and out you know before you even go look at a studio or think about renting a chair somewhere like you need to know exactly what you're bringing in on an average basis every month because you definitely want to make sure that obviously if you're going to do this and you're going to take on the responsibility of owning a business, I mean, you want to make a profit, right? And so I would say definitely know on that average what you're bringing in every month with your service, with your retail sales, with your tips and everything. And then that way, when you start to go look at spaces that you're interested in to either rent a chair or maybe a studio suite, you can kind of project and forecast out a little bit of a idea of what your your fixed expenses and maybe what some of your other expenses are going to be every month. That's a great first place to start. As far as, you know, building out a business plan, I think that's really helpful to keep you keep all your thoughts kind of organized together and also to sort of get an idea of how you're going to brand your business, how you're going to market it. You know, I used a template online that I found that is for a business plan. That's a great first place to start. Some of them are super formal and you're not going to need to fill out everything on there. But for me, I think especially as a salon suite, I really looked at it like it was a mini salon that I was opening, like a brick and mortar mini salon. So for me, having all of my ideas and plans kind of put on paper and seeing the broad big picture together was really helpful. That really helped me figure out like, okay, I want to carry retail. What's going to be the best retail line that's going to vibe with my brand and who my dream client is, but also is sitting in the right price point that's going to complement like what my services are. 
So just things like that, you know, with building out a business plan, it's just going to help you see that overarchingly like broad picture of what your business is going to be. So I would say definitely go about it as if it is literally a brick and mortar business that you are opening up. I love that. And I, of course, am obsessed with all things branding. I will talk about the importance all day long. So I love that you mentioned figuring out your branding as part of your business plan. I think that that is such a really good way to set yourself up for success because whether or not we're going to like people recognize it, there is no such thing as marketing a successful business without branding and without defining your personal brand and making sure that everything aligns with that. That's what's going to build trust and consistency for your clients. So I really love that you highlighted the importance of that in the very beginning stages of business. Oh yeah. Having that done really helped me kind of like arch off of that and figure out where the rest of the directions of my business was going. So that really helped me figure out like, okay, this is what my overall brand is. Here's what like my logo is. Here's what all my colors are. And I'm going to infuse that into like my decor inside of here. And like, I guess it just gave me a vibe to work off of. Oh, that's awesome. And if anyone doesn't already follow Teddy on Instagram, I highly recommend that you go check out her gorgeous retail shelves because (laughs) that is a great example of pulling your online branding and your salon branding. I feel like everything is very cohesive. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I love having everything be cohesive like that. I like seeing how it reflects in my online presence and on on my website and everything like that. So I I love that whole process and tying it all in together. I think it's super important. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today, Teddy. I feel like you have given us so much insight onto both going independent and the importance of marketing in your business. Oh, Jodi, I thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This was so much fun. So much fun. If anyone wants to come find you, where is the best place to find you online, Teddy? I am on Instagram. It's T-E-D-D-I-B-I-C-K-E-R-S, Teddy Bickers on Instagram. That is the best place to find me. And if you ever need any help with salon suite ownership, if you're thinking about diving into it, I'm always open if you want to shoot me a DM. That is amazing. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you again for joining me and we will definitely have to do this again. Yes, absolutely. I would love that.